This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to another episode of Jamming with Jason. Hey, today I am excited because I have one of my friends, Ashley Pitzer, with me, and we're going to do a little interview style today. And uh, what's going to be fun about this, too, is Ashley is also an author. In fact, she just is having a book coming out, so depending on when you're listening to it, and we'll give you all the details later, um, but I love authors because I've written books as well, and I know lots of people out there want to write books, right, but a lot of people don't write books. So we're going to talk a little bit about some of her story. And like with every episode, you just never know where we're going to go, right? So the fact that you're listening to this right now means there's something in today's episode that you need to listen to and that you probably need to share with other people as well. So make sure if you haven't subscribed already to the podcast, do that. And when you get done listening to this, send out a review on whatever podcast player you like and make sure and share this episode with other people that you care about. And with that, let's go ahead and roll that episode in three, two, one. You are jamming with Jason Mefford, where you hear inspiring interviews with some amazing people. Some are famous some may seem ordinary and they are all doing extraordinary things to positively change the world sometimes it's just you and me having an intimate and authentic conversation about how you can change the world around you and rewrite the story of your life by being more authentic accepting and loving yourself more and spreading love to others since really all you need is love And what the world needs now is love, sweet love. We discuss all aspects of self-improvement, growth, and so much more. Great content, insightful advice that's practical and helpful to anyone that listens. You're always eager to come back for more and share with your friends and family since you learn something in every episode. So sit back and enjoy the easy listening while you feel seen and heard in this informative, authentic, and entertaining podcast. Now, let's roll that beautiful podcast footage. Hello, Ashley. (laughs) (laughs) Get the the little (sighs) in the background, right? I don't know if anybody could even hear that, right? I need to get my little noise machine out uh, for that kind of stuff. Applause. Digital now. You got to have these buttons that you just push. I know. You just push that. But I'm still kind of old school. It's like you hook up too much stuff and then something can go wrong. Right. So anyway, well, I'm excited to have you on. Um, I know you've uh, you've (laughs) I think you're still in the process of it somewhat, too, but um, excited to talk to you about your new book. Right. And again, wherever else we're going to end up going on here. But I know as we were chatting beforehand, right, because I've written several books, a lot of them are kind of technical in nature, but 
I have about half of a novel done that's been <laughs> sitting on the shelf for 13 years now. <laughs> so at some point I might pick that back up and actually work on it. But I think you were kind of the same way, right? So maybe, maybe yeah. just kind of start off talking about, because I know lots of people want to write books and lots of people have maybe started some, but you know, what, how, how did that kind of go, go for you? Well, I just absolutely love the synchronicity between what you're saying right now, the number 13. So actually when my second daughter was born, she was born uh, with a rare genetic disorder. Of course, we didn't know that until she was about eight years old. We just knew that there was something that was malfunctioning in her body and her body didn't operate the same way. And so I had this beautiful career in risk management, and then I became a caregiver and going to all of these counseling and whatever, um, physical therapy, speech, well, not speech at the time that came later. But anyway, the whole point was I had to help move her body for her and that became my life. But during that time, 13 years ago, because she's 13 years right now, I wrote- oh, So yours was 13 too? Yeah, that's why I think I love the synchronicity of this. So 13 years ago, I started writing a book called Walking Towards You. I got to over 100 pages. I know that. And then I put it down. And I stopped. And I, I've never gone back to it. I have gone through maybe five computers over this 13 years. You, and I, I know you keep moving it forward. It. I've got my Scribner, you know, with all yeah. this stuff in it. And yeah. I have transferred it over and over and over. And so... I would tell you that the book that I wrote now, The Birth Challenge, which is going to be released end of February, is a different book altogether than this walking towards you. I'm a different person now, but I still have intentions to go back to that one from 13 <laughs> years ago. I have wrote others as well that maybe only got five pages or 10 pages or maybe 30, you know, and those, for whatever reasons, computer crashes, I didn't get to save those, but I treasured that one that I wrote from 13 years ago. But yeah, this one that I did for the birth challenge was something that came to me during the pandemic when I was laid off from my job. So my whole career with working has been very yo-yo-ish in the sense that I would go back to work, I would get reestablished in the workforce and something would happen with one of my two children that was kind of on the catastrophic side that required me to be home. Mm -hmm. So um, I was constantly recreating myself, but I held this dream of being a fantasy writer. I remember going to my college roommate's um, wedding and I remember at that wedding, talking to somebody and being like, my dream is to write a fantasy novel. And the person I just so happened to be talking to was like, oh, really? I just got done writing about one and it's about aliens. No, 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 no. And she was going on and on and on. And I was like, crap, she did it. <laughs> Synchronicity again, right? Right. right. And so, but this, this was years ago. I didn't even recall because I've done so much soul searching and digging in this process. I didn't even recall how this was my heart's desire and how long I've carried this dream. Like I can't, even, I can actually explain it to you. This right here, this is a 10 minute writing exercise that I had to do. I took lots of creative writing classes in, in high school and college. So this 10 minute writing assignment, I found this, this is another synchronicity. I found this like two weeks ago 
it was in the bottom of all of my pictures of all things when I was searching for my husband, I just celebrated 20 year anniversary. So I was looking for one of our, we've been together since I was 16. So I was looking for one of our first okay. pictures and there I find this journal, right? And this journal, I look up and I'm like, oh, here's a 10 minute writing exercise. And you had to write about everything to do with writing, why you could be a writer, why you couldn't be a writer. In this thing, I wrote that I wanted in fifth grade, when I went to camp and you had to tell everybody what you wanted to do for your career, I wrote that I wanted to be a writer. I wrote that I wanted to be an author in fifth grade. I didn't even remember that BS. I didn't even remember it. And it's the stories that we tell ourselves, because I'm also like, I know we kind of talked about this, right? But I'm also a hypnosis person. So um, I didn't even recall this memory, but do you know what I did recall? All the reasons I couldn't be a writer. Mm. I had mm -hmm. all these beliefs of why I couldn't be a writer. And even in this paper that I was, you know, flashing up to you was this belief system that I was writing about that, hey, I, I was mute as a child. So I was also one of the people often that are, you know, empathetic. They usually have some trauma in their childhood, right? I had a, an abusive father. And there was a lot of messaging about not talking. So when I grew up, I was mute and it was out of fear of talking. I was so scared to talk because talking meant that I could be abused. Right. So I grew up not only being shy, but not talking at all. So I had to go to special classes to be able to talk. And do you know when those special classes were? <laughs> they were during English. When you learn how to <laughs> right and how to talk and everything well and then later on uh in fourth grade I was invited to start doing orchestra well orchestra they took you out of English so my entire elementary school I missed English class so I had all these beliefs about why I couldn't do it I don't know how to spell I'm not good at grammar you know um I just had all of these things like I wasn't trained in this. I Nobody's ever encouraged me. Nobody's ever, you know, stroked my ego and said that I should be a writer. So I had all of these things that I had been carrying around, all these stories that I've been carrying around. And in the meantime, I had this desire. And this desire came up at different points in my life to be a writer. But I just squashed it down, squashed it down, squashed it down. And I remember telling my husband at one point, I was like, I really think I could be a writer. I think I could quit my job and be a writer. This was before my, my second child was born with her, her genetic diagnosis and that I quit my job. So when this happened, I, I was like, I'm going to write, I'm going to do this. And then I let life get in the way. I let circumstances get in the way. And so every single time I quit a job, I would start writing. If you had that week or two, between your jobs, I would write. I was constantly drawn to it. I constantly would, I had one of those little voice recorders that you just don't have anymore because you have your phone. Oh, I got two of them. Oh, you have two of them. <laughs> voice recorders that I would carry around with me because I would be driving and an idea would come. I would have a dream and an idea would come. It was always there. And I just ignored it. And I just shut the door repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly. Well, then, then my crashing point in life, when, when my Titanic ship of my life started to sink, 
everything accumulates for a reason. So at this point in my life, my husband, as I became, this is kind of a, a messy story. So when we had kids, I was not religious before, but having kids, all of a sudden we needed to raise our kid up into the religion that my husband had. So all of a sudden I adopted this, well, I got to be this like Christian faith woman, right? And so I have to look this way and I have to act this way. And I adopted this. And during this time, I lost a lot of my personality, a lot of my shine. I dimmed down completely because I just became the submissive person. I reverted back to that child that I was with my dad who was abusive. And my husband started to act more like my abusive dad. No, he did not hit me, but there was like emotional abuse. There was like covert narcissism. There was all of this stuff because he reverted to his dad. Once we had kids, we started to step into these different roles that we weren't. And so he started to act like his dad. I started to act like my inner child from my younger days. And I became quieter and quieter and more and more submissive and much more of a peacemaker. And I was just keep my head down, keep the peace don't say anything. And this is what I did for a really long time. And the more I became a peacemaker, the more angry and upset he became. And so I have the special needs child. My older child all of a sudden got to a point where he was hitting his adolescence. And so he was shifting from that child to being in his own autonomy. And he wasn't getting autonomy because my husband was getting controlling. So he started to get suicidal and he had made several attempts. And all of a sudden, my world just flipped because I got this notion of, you know what? I may accept him treating me this way, but I'm not going to lose my kid over this. Right. And I just went AWOL. I was like, I signed up for a toxic abuse program. I started registering uh, with life coaches. I mean, I hit the books hard on changing my life, changing my perspective, changing my story. And I, um, you know, because of where he was in toxicity level, I had to be very cautious about how I presented leaving him, but I was under a time clock because every, every three to four weeks, my child was attempting suicide. So there was, there was a rush to get out the door and to get safety. So <laughs> I, in this time, do you see how messy the story is? Well, no, but it's, it's, and it's, yeah. Cause we're going to keep going there. Cause I, you know, I, I had a child that a, a couple of times you know, tried or threatened, but not like every three or four weeks. That's like a oh, holy yeah. shit, you know, kind oh, of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, and I think it's good though, too, because it shows, you know, again, showing what you went through helps others see that maybe what they're going through is not that different, but also how that can become the catalyst this for where you catalyst. are now. This was my wake up call. This was 100%. You know, having Esme with her, her rare genetic disorder, it, it created a lot of fear for me early on because we lost, we came so close to losing her so many times. She would have these life and death seizures. And I never knew any morning if I, ugh, every morning when you came to get her, I didn't know when I was getting her out of the crib, if she would be breathing or not. 
because she would have terrible night seizures. And I used to have her sleep with me because I just needed to know she was safe and that she had a heartbeat. So I already had this experience of almost losing a child repeatedly. I mean, I, I came home one day, I went to yoga, right? I went to yoga before I became a yoga instructor. And I was like, I told my husband, I'm like, I just have to get a break because I was like the 24 caregiver. See, that was the other part of the story. My husband couldn't at that time mentally adapt to the fact of having a special needs child. So he didn't participate very much. He kept his distance. So I went to take a hour yoga class and it's at the end of the yoga class, you turn your cell phone off because you can't have any interruptions. And I get my phone as soon as class is over. And he tells me she's had a seizure and she's not breathing. He doesn't know what to do. I ran home, right? As fast as I could in my car. And um, we just had a brand new medicine to try to revive her when she has these type of seizures, but apparently it didn't work. And she was, she was gray from mm. lack of oxygen. Right. I mean, like you have these moments. So when my second child, my oldest child kept having these attempts, it was like, no, I'm not going through this again. Like I will do whatever it takes. Like that was my attitude. And so, and I just got to that point where I knew I was drowning. And that's what I told my husband. I was like, I'm drowning. I can't be the one to save you. I can't be the one to help you regulate your emotions anymore. Like, and he, he was just like, just keep trying, keep trying. And I was like, I'm done. I'm done. So I knew that I was leaving this relationship through this toxic program. And there's so much secrecy going on in my life at this point, because you have to leave safely in case mm -hmm you get super violent if you leave. And so I had signed up. I had signed up to do medical coding because I was like, I have to have a career where I can stay at home in case my kid has seizures and needs to have a day home in case, you know, at this time, my, my older kid was having so many attempts. He wasn't even in school. He couldn't even go to school yeah. because it triggered him so much. So he was home with me all the time. I had my other kid that was in and out, depending on the, the type of seizure they were having. And I was like, I have to have a career where I can sustain my kids. Like I make enough money and that I can stay at home. And I was already a fitness instructor. I managed gyms. And I was like, this makes sense. I know the body. I'll just do medical coding. So I spent thousands of dollars, thousands of dollars. I spent a year training for this. I didn't even enjoy it. I didn't even like it every day. I had to pep talk. And do my <laughs> affirmations and just get through this because I thought this was going to save my family. And I thought everything, but I was just, I was dying on the inside. It's just, I couldn't tell because I wasn't paying attention to myself. And so I had finally got to the point where I asked my husband for a divorce. He moved out. I finished my school. I didn't talk to him for three months. I finished the school. I had started uh, two weeks in my non-paid internship because you have to have so many hours of doing this job, right? I was going through the interview processes and I had signed up for TCP. It was week one of TCP. I had done two weeks of uh, my free internship. My husband and I were, it's three months had already passed. So 
uh, we were starting to talk and he was willing to work on things. He agreed to sign up for a narcissism program and go into deep therapy, right? So these are the shifts that were going on. And first week in TCP, the question that got me was if I already had $5 million, what would I do? What was my vision? And it was like, it was like being possessed in the sense that like, so much flew out of me when I was writing. It was like this, this paragraph that was like this big. And I was writing for like two to three pages because my vision was there. I want to write a book. This book is going to be as big as the star Wars and Harry Potter and, um, you know, like twilight and these big books. I was like, this is, this is my calling. This is what I meant to do. This is what it is. And it was just like, and I was like, oh, okay. And so I thought about it because when I was laid off for three weeks during the pandemic, I had started writing and I started writing this book um, about a character named Sabina who felt very alone and isolated in this world. And she didn't know why she couldn't connect with people. And she's three days away from her birth challenge. Now, when I started writing this, I had no idea where this book was going. I just knew that these stories like was flying out of me. These names of these characters were just coming to me. And I was just capturing what my intuition was giving me streaming consciousness, right? So at that question and TCP, I decided right then and there, I was done. I didn't like this career that I had chosen. I didn't know what was gonna happen between my husband and I. I didn't know how to support myself, but I knew I wanted to be a writer more than anything else. And I just said, F it, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. And I was actually in the middle of negotiations with a company uh, that did stem cell research that, well, they were a stem cell company. So I was in negotiations with them to get a job being a medical coder for them and to get out of my free work, you know, that I was doing. And I had to go to them and be like, no, I'm, I'm doing something different. So I walked away all of that time that I invested, all of that money, I walked away from everything. I walked away from the fact of not knowing if I could support myself, not knowing whether or not my husband and I would work out. I walked away from everything and I invested in my dream. Well, I think that's great. There's there's several things that I kind of want to go back to and, and, okay. and, and touch on here a little bit because I think it's, you know, for those of you that, uh, you know, because Ashley mentioned TCP, which is the Transformational Coaching Program by Jim Fortin. That's how her and I actually met. So it's a great program. Jim does great work. And and I think that, you know, one of, one of the questions in that first week of the, of the course was, if you had $5 million, what would you do, right? Because mm-hmm. I think so much of the time, and, and you kind of explained it, uh, well, how am I going to take care of my family? Right. How am I going to support myself, especially now, you know, if I'm going to get divorced, we're separated, I I got to find some way to provide support for myself and my kids. And I I see this over and over and over again. I'm guilty of it myself, you know, as well, where a lot of times we're worried more about how are we going to make money? How are we going to pay the bills? And we end up sacrificing and not doing 
what we really want to do. And yeah. so I think what's interesting is, again, you shared that story of, you know, you, you, you held it up there, right? There's the evidence. When you were 10 years old, you said you wanted to be an author. Yeah. That question that triggered you, you know, again, probably a year or two ago now when you when you first started. Yeah. About two years ago, probably, it I think, was, right? It was September of last year. So. Okay, it, so just, just over a year. year. Yeah, just yeah. over a year. The, the, but that question, you went right back to that same thing. Right, which is which is interesting because again, it's it's what sings in your heart. And what I was going to share because we were talking synchronicity before in thirteen, right? Yeah. And as you were telling your story and showing, you know, what you wrote when you were ten years old at camp or wherever it yes. was, I remembered myself sitting in my basement bedroom, and I'm I was either thirteen or fourteen <laughs> years old cutting pictures out of magazines that represented some of the characters that I wanted in my books. Oh right? my gosh, so I, I love could, that. So that I could look at them and kind of describe them and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. So clear back there, right, that was something that that was of interest to me. And, you know, again, maybe I do need to pull that that thing off the shelf and get going back on it. But um, but what's interesting, and I've seen this from a lot of interviews that I've done, a lot of people that I've coached, is you know a takeaway for everybody listening. If you don't know what you want to do, right? Or there's a lot of people, especially in our circle, that are like, what's my dharma? What's my dharma, right? And dharma is like your life's purpose. Well, if you want to figure out what your life's dharma is or what your purpose is, go back to what you dreamed about doing when you were a kid, yeah. especially from the ages of about 10 to 15, probably somewhere in that range. What was it that you really wanted to do? Because for both Ashley and myself, it was be an author. Yeah. Right. And so it's kind of like, so what the fuck am I doing right now? Well, I'm still writing, <laughs> right? I'm still writing and I'm doing videos. I mean, it's, it's the same kind of thing. It's storytelling. I'm still doing storytelling. Right. But just with some different mediums as well. But yeah, maybe I'll go back to the book as well. But but that's where I don't know how many times I have uh, talked with people. And that's what it is when they finally right go through whatever crucible they have to go through. They come out the other side, <clears throat> realizing that they always knew and it was typically something from childhood that yeah. they knew they needed to do right yeah but what's interesting too and i, and I thought it was funny because again you you know it's going to be the next star wars it's going to be the next harry yeah. potter it's going to be Absolutely. the next twilight right yeah. well what's interesting two of those three people that wrote those books guess what they were they were not writers they were, they were not their career they were not writers and in fact jk rowling she was a single mom same thing. How am I going to put food on the table? I don't know. She's the richest woman in the UK now worth billions of dollars. Yes. Not knowing how to write necessarily, yeah. but she just did it. I think uh, I can't remember the gal with Twilight, but it was kind of the same story. Stephanie if I remember Myers. it, I think Stephanie Myers, she was, mm -hmm. is she the one that was a professor or she didn't, I, I can't remember what her, what she was doing before, but it was the same thing. She wasn't, she wasn't an author, right? No, but, she had a dream. She had a dream about this. And that was it. Well, and it's in and what's what's funny here is 
when you talk about and so so we kind of pause the story here so let's let's get into a little bit more and I, and I think also too that the name of the book the birth challenge it's not yeah. a book about giving birth to no. babies okay it's not like a maternity book but no. there's there's a reason behind it you're going to tell us what that is but um what I think is is interesting too is the minute that you made that choice made that decision for yourself things started happening right so like you said you this character named sabina mm -hmm. that felt alone and isolated sounds mm -hmm. a little bit like ashley when she was younger maybe oh, every one of these characters are yeah. part of yeah me. and so so let's get it but but what happens is and this happens music art of, of any kind and really even from a business perspective i mean it's every aspect of our lives is is the minute that we finally feel aligned and we make the choice and we start moving forward it's like the floodgates open yeah. right and so instead of beating your ups beating yourself up saying well i can't do it i missed all these english classes when i was a kid i don't know how to write it's like, yeah. I say, fuck spelling, fuck grammar. It doesn't matter anyway. The computer will fix the spelling errors. Grammar, grammar doesn't even matter anymore. I yeah. mean, honestly, grammar doesn't matter, <laughs> right? People don't care. Um, but things just started happening. So what were some of these things that happened? I mean, obviously, you got a character's name. But what are some of these other things that started happening in this creative process as you started moving forward? Well, I think... <sighs> So I think I was really fortunate. And again, I think the universe was just waiting for me to open up this door within me. So when I would sit down to write, the lining of my life was that I was, I had decided that I was done with this religion practice, right? And so I started really reaching into more of a spiritual practice. So when I would sit down, I would light a candle, I would set my intention. So every time Every time I sat down to write, I would light the candle, I would set the intention. My intention was always the same intention. So it was made this book entertain, inspire, and heal people through the transformational lessons that each of the characters go through. I asked for this book, when people read it, that they could relate to one or two of the characters and for them to really feel like this book gets them and to help them feel like it's like a best friend like they know me this book knows me this character knows me like that's what I wanted people to feel so my entire writing process is like my book is very emotional I've had a couple of people read it you know you have your beta readers and everybody tells me they're like oh my gosh do you suck people in in your emotions I'm like yes I do so my whole writing process was always that the other thing that I really learned to do was I gave everything over to spirit. So when I sat down to write, I like, I really did just stream conscious. I wrote whatever came to me. I didn't question it. I didn't think about it. I didn't say, Hmm, does that make sense for this character? What would this character do next? No, he would say this. Like I didn't get into my analytical brain at all. I shut it 100% off. And the other things that I did differently too, because I I do know people that have written books and everybody's like gives themselves this word count. Well, then you're sitting there with all the stress. Did I make this word count? Did I, I did not operate that way at all. My goal was always, my intention always was I booked two hours because I know that the brain is can maximize 
for two hours. So my goal was always two hours. But if the if the flow stopped at 30 minutes, I was like, I had peace with that. I was okay with that. I let spirit guide me 100%. And I did not make this about me. Well, because I think that's what's important too, is that, as you said, right, every day as you sit down, right, and again, this is a great practice. I light candles every day with intention. That's a great practice, again, for people that are out there. And even if you're religious, hey, religions like candles, you can, you can, you can do it too, even if you're religious, it's okay, right? But you had that intention and your intention the whole time was not to make money, but your intention was to connect with people and help people identify with the characters Uh and help them transform themselves as they see the characters transform themselves in the book as well, right? So it was done with a pure intent. And I think so much of the time, like we were talking about with the job, so much of the time we're all like, how am I going to make money doing this? And you were like, eh, I'm just going to write a book with this intention. And again, Ashley, I'm going to say it right now. I hope you make billions, girl. Right? <laughs> me too. Me too. I, 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 I hope you are the next, you know, whoever, right? Because again, it wasn't your intention, but as you're helping people and people are feeling that and they have that emotional connection to it then obviously the universe is going to compensate you and help take care of you temporally as well. Right. But you're not, you're not writing a book. And and again, you can, you can kind of tell when, 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 when people do this, you know, like the people that are trying to write a book that's going to be commercially successful at the time, it's not the same as when, you know, the energy just flows through you know, either in your own experience that you're sharing, you know, people like Hemingway, yeah. you know, that I like, you know, some of the people like that, or whether it is like a, a stream of consciousness coming through, because, you know, I just watched all the, the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings shows yeah. again, Tolkien, right? That was on my list with Harry Potter and with. Yeah, well, and because Star Tolkien, Wars. Tolkien had no idea he came up with uh new fantasy characters that never had existed before but now as you step back and especially if you look at it from a cosmic and spiritual standpoint it's like huh imagine this a bunch of people called elves that come from another planet Mm -hmm. to middle earth Mm -hmm. to save the men and working with all of these other beings and the whole light versus darkness play, right? It's like that came through that man from the universe. He didn't just make all that shit up. Yeah. That actually came through because there are so many, there are so many different things in that movie now that I watch as an older man. And I'm like, holy shit yeah right because and a lot of the times the artist has no idea right what they're actually doing they don't realize the full significance of what they're doing because they're just allowing it to come through and so i'm glad to hear that that's exactly what you did right 
I'm actually really excited because one of the people that I had asked to read my book, um, kind of a spiritual mentor for me, told told me this was definitely kind of given to you as a gift. And she was like, I'm going to tell you why later, but I can't tell you right now. She was like, but I 100% know. And I was like, what? You can tell me curiosity gets to you. <laughs> I'm like, but I will wait and I will be patient to know who did I like, you know, tap into? What did I tap into? You know, like they know. I'll find out one day. You'll find out one day when you, when, when the timing is right. So yeah, exactly. Right. But, but, but the important thing is that you let it come through. Right. And again, I mean, that's, that's to me, that's the true, the true uh, nature of art and because true art, there is a connection with the greater, right? The greater universe, God source, whatever people want to call it, mm -hmm. but it's, it's something that comes through us. And the reason it comes through us is because people in this world need it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They need it. And um, so, okay. So, so talk a little bit about, cause I, cause I wanted to hear too, cause you said, you know, Sabina shows up and she's three days mm -hmm. before her birth, her birth challenge. So just explain kind of briefly, we don't want to give away the whole book because again, everybody, you can, you can get on Ashley's wait list because the book's not quite out yet. It might be by the time that you that you listen to this, depending on when you listen, and we'll we'll put all the the details in there. But I want to read the book, Thank you. <laughs> you know, Thank as well. You. I'm so excited. So so, but kind of talk about that because I know, you know, we were joking a little bit beforehand. Your husband hates the title, the birth challenge. Mm -hmm. It doesn't necessarily reflect again when you said it i'm like i thought this was a fantasy novel <laughs> but but what what is that in the context of the book and 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 kind of what that means right so that people can kind of understand oh you know again the title was given to you by the universe so you just go with it right yeah so that but, was just it that it was given to me by the and i don't know that i fully understand it either so i'm going to just be honest with you this is what was delivered to me it makes sense to the universe i put it down what i can understand about it is that um so the birth challenge is a way of revealing it's a spiritual ceremony that takes place First of all, let me back up and say that this is a kind of a sci-fi in the sense that this happens in the future after we have a nuclear war here on Earth and there's few remaining survivors. And the only reason that there are few remaining survivors is that they somehow inherit supernatural abilities. Nobody quite understands why. And there are eight supernatural abilities. And these people saved what existence was now we're 300 years fast forward and Sabina's about to face the first challenge which is a spiritual ritual where if you haven't already shown signs or started to progress in having a supernatural power this is the test that determines it so you have it you have it since birth but it doesn't always show up until you go through this rite of passage which is where you transition into adult. So in this world, 
from zero to, to, you know, the day before you turn 16, you are considered a child and your parents take care of you. But once you go through the spiritual ritual, and if any supernatural abilities come through, that's when they're going to show up. But even if nothing comes through, there is a second part to this birth challenge. And that is how you are going to serve the, the world. So you get to choose three things to get tested on. And then that's where you go and either pursue it or study it. So there's a lot. This is a whole world. So much came through to me. So <laughs> you want to well, say? And, and, and so again, I mean, because I'm. Yeah, anyway, we can talk later probably about it, but I'm interested to read the book because, again, as you, just as you're talking, I'm putting a bunch of dots together in my head. Okay. And and what's interesting, too, and, and again, what I love about it is you don't fully understand what you wrote or why no. you wrote it. No, I don't. And because you don't fully understand why or what you wrote it, it came from somewhere else, right? 100%. I know it did. Even as you're talking, yeah. goosebumps are flushing my body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's a reason because people need to hear this, right? Yeah. You, you need to hear it too. You were just the medium through which it happened. And eventually you will understand, I'm sure, yes. the deeper meanings to it. And yes. this is probably, again, one of those things where you, people will be able to read it at the surface level and it's a nice story. Mm -hmm. Yes. People will be able to read it at an emotional level and it will, it will help them connect. It will maybe give them hope. It will help them to, to, to make some different changes in their lives. But there's probably also even yet a deeper level, which is at, at the spiritual level where it will affect people in a certain way and they will see the encodings and the yeah. things that are there that 99.9% .9 of the people will never see because it's not intended for them to see it. Right. And I will tell you, so for example, like I said, I, I literally just went back and watched all the Hobbit movies and all the Lord of the Rings <laughs> movies again. Yeah. yeah. We just, we, we watched the ring of ring of power on Amazon and I'm like, huh, okay, we got to go back and watch and in watching all six of those movies now with how i've learned and grown and developed there is a lot in there yeah you're gonna make me want to go back and watch that is much deeper than 99.9 percent .9 of the people will ever get right right but there's but there's it's out there so i'm excited like i said i want to read this <laughs> And I want to see what's going on, but it's, but it's also a testament to you as an artist to allow that to come through. Right. Yeah. I'm really, I, I say my things constantly that, you know, in a way I feel like I was chosen. So I'm like, thank you. But it was also just, I mean, if we go back to that Dharma, right. When you're doing what you're meant to be doing, things come for you. Like what you're seeking is seeking you. So there's, there's a reason why I, even when I was 10 years old, I was seeking to be an author. Mm -hmm. Well, and there's, there's a reason why you were born into the family that you were. Oh, yes. And that you had the experiences that you had, right? Because not only, again, is some of that channeling through, but 
for you as a person to experience, you know, being alone and isolated mm-hmm. also allows you to much more closely identify with the character and write that more authentically. Right. Cause I, I always like to say, you know, it, it doesn't matter whether it's fiction or, or, or fact or what's it fiction and nonfiction. Yeah. Everything that is written is autobiographic. Hmm. There is a piece of oh, every yeah. Yeah. artist in everything that they do. Right. And so yeah. what, what people are, are going to start realizing more, and this is one of the things I've started to say is science fiction is really science faction. Oh, I like that. Yeah. And, I mean, that's kind of one of my mottos too. And fantasy is more real yes. than reality. Yes. We this just is don't actually have, one of my messages. We just don't have the blinders off yet. Yeah. So. Yeah. So all of these post-its that you see on this wall back here, this is this is all of the the downloads that I have been getting to write a book on spirituality. So a non-fiction oh, so book. That's next in the work, huh? You don't even understand. I'm in trouble because these downloads come to me so much. So even since writing this book. Um, I had a dream about another book, which I've written down the substance of it so I can go back to it. Um, I've already started writing the sequel to this book too. And then this started coming to me and I have more post-it notes. Like I have a whole stack here, like a whole stack. Look at all this, a whole stack of Mm -hmm. more like downloads coming to me on this writing the spiritual book. And then like two nights ago, right? I was like, Oh, I had a dream. I had a dream. And in this dream, I was only given two names, Saren and Daphne. And I woke up and I was like, I, I, like I say, I have to, but it's, I'm compelled to, I have a story now with Daphne and Saren, and I don't know what it's about. And I tried to resist this. I tried to resist writing on this. I was like, no, no, no. I already have so many writing projects, but I was like, you know what? I got an hour and a half of downtime. I'm just going to sit down and see what their story is. Bam, the story blows up in my face and it's so freaking good. And I'm like, now I'm in love with this story. (laughs) (laughs) Now I want to write this story. And I'm like, you know, and the thing about it is, is I've gotten this vision. I've gotten this vision and I've gotten these spiritual nudges that I'm going to be on a stadium, something like, like an opera house. Like I see it in my vision. And I'm talking to people and all I know is I'm coaching and doing hypnosis and talking spiritual stuff. So because of this, I have been nudged. I went ahead and after I wrote this book, became a hypnotist and became a coach. And I don't even have time for this, for this stuff, but I know it's coming down the road. Maybe it's five years, maybe it's 10. I don't know. I just know that I needed to do it. And I know that it's going to play a part in my future. Well, I think that's, that's the important part, right? Is that we never know until we know yeah. why, but when we feel we need to do, and then you will figure it out later, or maybe you won't. Sometimes I think, I, I think there might be some things that maybe we go through this entire life and we have no fucking clue why we did it. When we when we cross over, it'll be made clear to us, right? And sometimes it might be years and years and years, right? 
because um, I, I love that old Stanford uh, uh, commencement speech that Steve Jobs did, where he said, you know, as you're going through life, you can never connect the dots looking forward. You can only do it when you pause and turn around. Yeah. And as random as all of our lives seem to be, when you're standing in the right place and you turn around, all those little fuckers line up, right? Yeah. And it's like, how did that work? And so, you know, good on you. <laughs> For, for listening and just doing and seeing where this ride is going to take you, but it's going to be an exciting ride for you. Yeah. I mean, I really enjoy my life a lot more letting go of all the control and just showing up, feeling the nudges, taking inspired action, and then just letting everything else work it out. You know, like not having to figure out everything. Cause when I sat down, here's the thing. When I sat down to write, I know enough about people like in the process that they go through where they, they write out what their characters look like. They write out the personality, they, you know, whatever, all of that stuff came to me day by day. There was stuff that I wrote in chapter, maybe three that came to play in chapter 10. And I was like, oh, that's what I wrote there. Even as I wrote, it was an entire trusting process and I had no idea. And so when I like first worked with my first editor, they're like, we're, you know, you're probably going to change a lot of things and this and that. And um, she was like, so as I'm starting to edit this book, if there's any changes that you want to make, anything pops up, anything you want to correct, you just let me know. And I was like, I was completely blank. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. This book is complete, you know? So I've had different editors read this book and nobody has come back to me asking for any changes to be made other than my grammar. <laughs> and, and I will say that they said that I could, because I'm such an emotional writer, I should just open up with my emotional statement instead of like easing people into it. So I did change that. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? And they also say that it doesn't, you know what? It doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know but if you were trying to write it analytically yeah it'd be much harder you'd be going through a whole bunch of edits and uh, and other stuff too right? right but because you're allowing the flow to come through even when you don't understand like you just said right i wrote something in chapter three and i had no idea what it was or why it was and all of a sudden chapter 10 it makes sense right yeah that's that's not from you that's coming through right yeah. and that's and that's why it doesn't it's easier you're loving your life more mm -hmm. yeah right and you yeah. got a lot of work ahead of you with all the different post notes that are all around somehow that will come together mm -hmm. oh well yeah. i i have no doubt i have no doubt <laughs> well all right so let's uh i know we end up liking to talk so we gotta cut it off for today but we might have to have you back because I had a lot of fun if you had a lot of fun too, right? Oh, yeah, I would love to. Kind That'd be great. Geek, I would geek, love to read you about some this. too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if you want to do that, you want to read a little bit? Yeah. All right, let's do well, it. What would you like? Would you like the beginning paragraph or I just chose a random thing randomly in the middle of the book? I'll let you pick. Well, how, how about the opening paragraph, right? Because that'll that'll hook people in so they can go to your website, ashleypitzer.com and we'll put it in there and uh, get on the wait list so you can get the whole book when it comes out yeah i'm super excited about this and i'm super excited about the sequel I, I, i'm in love with all of these characters i love them mm -hmm. so anyway all right 
So as sadness rested like an ocean on Sabina's chest, big, vast, and full of tidal waves that crashed and beat against her heart as if it was as insignificant in its power. This sadness was, once again, brought on by her father's impending departure, which always elicited a set of stacked questions, questions Sabina didn't want to acknowledge, but constantly teased her mind, questions she couldn't bear to know the answer to because she feared what they would mean, and questions that also had the potential to give her the validation she so desperately needed. Hugging herself tighter as her soul wept, Sabina looked out over the still pond on another perfect day. It was not lost to her that her soul was as invisible to her as her presence was to the world. Even in nature, with serenity all around her, Sabina was unable to remove the pinched eyebrows the stiffness of her crossed arms or the roundness of her spine as she buried into herself, protecting her fragile heart from the brutality of the crashing waves. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. I mean, just even in that first paragraph, it's whole, it's like we could pull that thing apart. There is a lot of things in that first paragraph. Yeah. Yeah, I know. They like, say you should start off with a hook, but I started off with emotions. <laughs> well, but it 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 puts that everybody in there, and it it is a hook because it's like, why is she feeling this way, and what is it? And you know, even some of the some of the lines in there about you know the questions, it brings up all the kinds of questions and questions we don't want the answers to. Mm-hmm. Well, how much of the time do we not ask ourselves certain questions because we don't want the answers to it? Right? I mean, it's like. Yeah everybody can relate to it and just even in that first paragraph there's a huge amount of wisdom yeah and learning for people that they can relate to and i'm very mm. grateful to have read that book mm. this is good stuff <laughs> all right ashley so i know that the book is going to be out soon um mm. and so people can get on the wait list now you know i i know again gotta get to it for any of you that have written a book you know if you haven't written a book then just realize it takes effort to get through all the stuff but within the next couple of months this is going to be out mm-hmm. um, and again depending on when you're listening to this it might be out already so check check the links um, to be able to go but how how's the best way so for people to reach out to you to get on the wait list to figure out you know i finally did that tree link business you know, where you sign up and it has all of your contacts in one place. Wow. So I will send that to you so you can put it in social media because then it will link you to everything. It links to my website, to my YouTube, to uh, uh, Instagram, to TikTok. It, it Perfect. links to everything. So, and I mean, I've even been considering it's such a low value, just in case you ever wanted to know, it's like $5 a month and I can create the wait list right there too. So it's one link and it's bam, everything. So, um, but yeah, send me that, send me that link and we'll make sure and put it in the, in the, uh, what do you call the notes, the notes, those (laughs) things, right? Those things I have to write. (laughs) Well, I'll be excited to hear if you end up pulling out that 13 year old novel and the person you are today could fly through that novel. Oh, I'm sure. And it's, a, it's, a, yeah, I just got to figure out where I'm, hmm. 
I don't know, but again, all the synchronicities, right? Right. I mean, and, and the fact that we're talking together today, you know, same thing. A lot of things going on that way. So, Ashley, thank you uh, thank for you. spending time with me today, and um, congratulations on writing the book, and and I guess congratulations on the tsunami or the waves that will be crashing over you now with all of the other stuff that you're getting in downloads that needs to come out of you as yeah. well. Very excited about my future. And I loved being on your show and I loved telling my story and I'm so grateful and appreciative to you. Well, thank you. And thanks to everybody who listened that hung on until the end. Cause again, as I told you at the beginning, when you hang out, there's uh there's something for you in every episode and the fact that you listen through means you got something out of it, right? Which means you probably will on the next episode as well, too. And I think Ashley has a podcast, too. So you can go check that one out as well, right? Um, to get all of the, the things that you need. Because um, that's so. Ashley, thank you. And uh, yeah, I look forward to having you back. I think this, oh, we're going to have to do that. All right. All right. Thanks. And that's a wrap. Thanks for listening. The fact that you listened to this entire episode means you got value and others will too. Do me a favor and leave a five-star review with comments and then share with others. You can also check out all of my videos on my YouTube channel and my website, jasonmefford.com. This podcast is primarily for education and commentary and does not represent professional advice. Views and opinions expressed on this show are that of the individuals and not of their respective organizations.